Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, in today's episode we have with us Mrin Agarwal. Mrin is the founder of FinSafe India Private Limited, a financial education company in the space of financial well-being. In the last 7 years, FinSafe has impacted more than 150,000 people to lead better financial lives. Mrin has more than 25 years of experience in wealth management and has worked with Citibank, Deutsche Bank and Birla Sun Life. Mrin has extensive experience in investment advisory and banking, debt and stock markets and regularly contributes articles to some of India's major dailies like Economic Times, Business Standard, Deccan Herald and more. Mrin has won the CNBC Grand Jury Prize for work done towards financial education and inclusion in the UTI CNBC Financial Advisors Award 2015 and 2017. And today it gives me immense pleasure to welcome her to the Mahua show. Welcome Mrin. Thank you Mahua. most women are very very uncomfortable to talk about money you know and we've somewhere been raised uh, to not be able to have this very uneasy conversation about money what was uh, that experience in your life that you decided to choose this uh, work because there are i would like to believe less women in the financial world uh, and wealth management world Well honestly when i was doing my mba um finance uh, interested me much more than marketing so i would say that i got into this world of finance because it just interested me more and also i got placed uh, at college into a financial services firm and that's where i liked what i was doing and so i just continued to build upon it and found it very interesting to be in this space honestly So uh, would you agree that there are less women in the financial world as very senior you know holding senior positions if so why do you think that has been uh, the reason is there less women who take up financial studies or is it that there is a uh, gender it's skewed in, in uh, you know is gender skewed when it comes to the top positions um it is certainly gender skewed because if you see there are actually a lot of women in the financial services industries like look at banks right you have so many women there but they all tend to be more on the operational side and on the uh, back end side um i don't see too many women really wanting to uh, go into the sales side of things or like customer customer facing um advising positions and i think it's 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 a multitude of factors i mean one is it's not really as if women are really pushed to uh, grow um up the level and also women tend to have uh, uh, other household responsibilities child rearing responsibilities which really stops them from the sort of a career growth because let's face it anything that is um revenue generating customer facing requires a lot of commitment requires you to be uh, working at different hours to meet clients and stuff like that and for a woman who's got a small child she may not be able to do that so i do see a lot of women then moving on to um the more of the back office or the operation roles because they find that easier to manage in terms of their time and all of their responsibilities so i think it's a combination of uh, factors so of course you have some women who have uh, uh, been persistent and managed as well 
So when we talk about customer facing, you know, um, I'm really tempted to ask you a question that do you think sometimes when you meet the customer, they are more comfortable if it's a man who's giving them financial advice than a woman who's giving them financial advice? Uh, do you think that this is a myth or is there some truth in this? I personally never faced this, honestly. In my entire career of 26 years, I have never faced this and I have met all sorts of customers. Like I have met customers with huge amount of wealth, billionaires, and I have met people with also very less money as well. I have never faced this, but it could be true in some pockets. You're also a co-founder of Womantra, a financial awareness program for women, but it is usually observed in households that women tend to leave financial decisions mostly to the male members of the family. So according to you, how important is it for the woman to be part of the financial decision-making, which is really abysmally low uh, in a developing country like India? Actually, it's not only in India, it's across the world. And it's really been because of the social structure of society that leads you to believe that this is a male's job and not uh, something that women need to be doing. So across the world, if you see women uh, do not get involved in long-term financial decision-making, because they don't have the confidence, they don't have the knowledge. And more importantly, they are judged horribly if things go wrong. So um, let me tell you, through, through my career as a financial advisor, all my customers have been men. And I can tell you, it's not as if they know anything better. But it's just that they are more confident about the way they talk about their money than what the women are. And, you know, so I'll, I'll give you a classic example, like, if I meet a woman who wants some financial advice, the first thing she's going to say is, oh, I don't know anything about money and I'm really scared. And, you know, you'll get these sort of sentences. You will never hear a male saying, I don't know anything about money and I'm scared about it. So coming down to basically it is about literacy here, right? So, you know, of course, in India, the literacy rates have gone up, but literacy is in different, different levels. There's health literacy, there is, uh, you know, literacy, financial literacy, which of course remains, like you said, um, it still is a area that needs a lot of help and a lot of handholding for women. So just uh, share with us, uh, what do you think are the reasons in the tier two towns or the tier one towns where we have educated women, but somewhere they are so frightened to take any financial decision. For example, if a property is bought, you know, and I take myself also in this, I don't think I was really involved in the decision making or even um, my views expressed were even taken into consideration. And I started believing that I do not know or understand much. So how do you tackle this sort of an issue? Um, well, as I said, one is about being judged for taking the wrong decision. Uh, if a man loses money in stocks, nobody is going to tell them that they lost money. But uh, if a woman does it, they're going to be like 10 people saying, I told you so, right? And so I think uh, women don't, you know, want to be in that situation where it causes some sort of uh, distress in the family. And so they themselves just take a step back. Also, I believe that uh, at this stage, women do not still believe in financial well-being. To them, financial well-being is just having enough money for their needs. And so and as long as their children are being educated well and all of that, uh, I think they think that's financial well-being. So I think women are really not uh, placing importance to uh, being financially independent. Uh, you know, just to give you an example, 
there is so much of focus on being physically fit today and people are ready to spend any amount of money to be physically fit like you have uh, personal trainers who cost you 15 20000 rupees a month people are willing to spend on them because you know the world around you and all the celebrities around you are talking about physical fitness in such a big way um emotional well-being is something um that has come up in the last few years because you had a film star who came and talked about depression and you know so so now uh, emotional well-being is something that's being looked at on uh, looked upon as a very important thing and people are talking about it i think financial well-being still has a lot of time to get there where it is looked upon as an important aspect in a person's life but let me tell you today for anything in your life whether it is your basic expenses or it is to have fun or even just go to the parlor you need money and if you are not aware about your family finances how are you going to lead a good life but what does one do if uh, you know you are in a situation where you are not allowed access so would they be able to get in touch with people like you and uh, seek uh, help like for many of my listeners i think many of them are homemakers some of them have never even tapped into the wealth that they have if they are to figure out things apart from you know because i think traditionally most people uh, most women i know they are doing exactly what their mothers did buy gold you know and real estate that sometimes is never ever in their name they never ever get to know ever they just believe that you know this is a house and they can get kicked out anytime you know if uh, the situation goes haywire so what do these women do can they get in touch with you do they um, get in touch with some institutions are there any is there anything that would be easily accessible for women to understand where they stand financially unfortunately no one can help them externally right neither me nor any financial institution uh what can help them is their own conviction in in standing up to their partner and uh, reaching out to the partner and saying that uh this is really important for my own well-being a lot of partners are not going to understand that i i i i know that right so then it's a question about just saying that look i need to know this information i i really do need to know and honestly if the partner is not willing to share this information despite you are asking a lot then you have no option but to try and build your own income source and become financially independent on your own i mean unfortunately that's the truth so it's um, you know just coming back uh, i needed to ask you this question that you know you've been in the financial domain for over 25 years and 25 years is a very long time so we're very curious to know so did you start out on your journey and who takes the financial decisions at home for you mrin i take all the financial decisions at home by the way uh, my husband does not leaves the entire money management to me he's not involved in managing the money at all so i do the entire thing on my own how wonderful and obviously there is so much of power that i can see while i'm sitting across you because financial uh, independence is the first level of empowerment for a woman we are nothing without the money so credit score is something that also plays i mean i'm just changing the topic a bit you know that plays a big role while applying for loans but most often than not people struggle with maintaining high score and they don't understand that much so what advice would you like to share with our listeners for improving their credit scores um firstly 
be aware of what documents you have signed on like a lot of people tend to sign on as guarantors to a loan or tend to sign on for loan for others so i think first and foremost you need to be aware ki how many such papers have you signed what is the sort of loans that you have against your name and if you have a lot of loans against your name obviously you need to start reducing the number of loans especially the unsecured loans so that's like your buy now pay later credit card loans personal loans right so any unsecured loan if you have too many of them you certainly need to start cutting down on that also on the credit card expenses you know even if you're paying your bills on time it's good to limit the overall expenses per month to about 40 to 50% of the credit limit i'm uh, i'm speechless because this really goes out for so many of us women because we feel that in a marriage we sign up papers and uh, you know our husbands have decided to take a loan and many of us don't even delve into it this is such an important point um, rin that you've made uh, also i think stock markets you know we usually see these big wigs of course like the late uh, rakesh junjunwala it creates a perception that one needs a lot of money to invest in stocks you know we fail to acknowledge that even the top gun started very small so what opinion do you have regarding you know starting out small if somebody's interested in you know investing in the stocks so first and foremost you don't need very big money even if you can start with 500000 rupees a month there's a very good instrument known as an index mutual fund you know there are so many stocks there are more than 5000 stocks in india don't even think that you know you're capable of actually figuring out what stock to buy honestly if you were to ask me what stock to buy i would say i don't know because there are so many stocks i don't have the time i don't have the bandwidth and i don't have the right information to make a decision as to what stock to buy so i myself as a financial advisor have left this decision to a mutual fund manager to invest for me right so and i think there are so many good mutual funds with 20 25 year track record and if you still find it very difficult to figure out what fund to buy because there are so many funds you have something known as a simple index fund so the index fund replicates an index like nifty or sensex and you can just buy a simple nifty 50 index fund you can start an sip with 500 rupees on that and honestly if you were to ask me we make money management complicated it is very simple it's four five very simple actions if you can just follow through your life that is what is very important uh, i just want to also put a disclaimer out here that when you're buying a nifty 50 fund please ensure that you have at least 7 to 10 year holding period because in the short term which is 3 to 4 years stock markets can be extremely volatile what tips would you like to share with a female audience who want to gain financial knowledge but they don't know where to start the first thing is to become an informed investor right so um often people ask me what's the best investment to have and what i would say is that that's the last part of the whole story the first part is to actually understand what you want out of your money right so the first thing is to be an informed investor i would highly recommend that take the subscription of one of the financial dailies most of them carry very good personal finance columns uh my personal favorite is money control i also write a monthly column for them um uh the second thing that you need to do is the that you need to do goal planning so you need to first ask this question to yourself what am i saving this money for and when do i need it 
most often people invest in a very ad hoc manner. So it's like, I've got money today. Oh, let me look at what's doing well. I see in the last six months, this, the, this fund has done well. So I'll just go and put money there. That's not the way you invest. It has to be based on financial goals. So figure out what is my goal? Uh, how long do I need to keep money for? And accordingly choose an instrument. Now, there are many instruments available in the market. And obviously, we cannot cover all details of that. So I have a vlog on the YouTube page of my company, which is FinSafe India, which takes people through the steps of investing. It's meant for people who've never invested earlier and want to start investing now. So it talks about first building financial security through an emergency fund, having the right amount of insurance. And then how do you slowly start investing? So you can check it out. It's about 40 vlogs that are there and it's free. And they're only about four or five minutes each. How wonderful. Thank you so much, Bryn, for being in today's podcast. Just before I leave, there is a um, quote that I'd like to share by Fidelity Investments that says, 8 in 10 women have avoided financial conversations saying that talking money is too personal or uncomfortable. Today, Mrin demystifies that for us. Thank you, Mrin, for being on today's episode. Thank you, Mahua. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course, on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are The Mohua Show, where we talk imandari se.